1: Okay. Not that you would have known this, but this is now the third time I've had to record this intro. Uh, cause the first time just was weird rambling and I didn't like it. And then the second one I actually really liked. And then I re-listened to it, uh, before I was going to send it over to Kate, my producer. And I kept hearing this weird noise in the background. And I was like, what the fuck is that goddamn noise? And then I realized I kept my fucking AC on. Um, don't worry, Kate, if you're listening to this first, there is no AC on in the actual episode. Um, yeah, welcome back. It's another week with me. Thank y'all for making this podcast a thing. Um, I couldn't have this podcast without you guys. I mean, I could, but like, who'd be listening, you know, if not you, uh, please rate, like, subscribe, review. Um, if you want to check out the Patreon, go check it out. Go check it out check out the Patreon. Yeah, I have I have Calvin Cato on again, what's someone who's very near and dear to me, a good friend. And I think in this episode we kind of just um kinda like shoot the shit. Uh if we complain a lot too, which I like. You know, sometimes you just gotta complain, it just makes you feel better. Um but what set it off was someone has written a- another essay about like why they're leaving New York City. I don't think they said New York City's dead, but they're just like, this is why I'm leaving. And it's like, n- no one cares. And no one cares. Um You're staying in the Tracy State area. Uh so we talk about that. We just talk about like COVID and Avi. And uh Uh yeah, I'm gonna stop there because now it's turning into like a book report where it's like, I'm like, and then we said quote and quote that's... And they didn't like book reports in elementary school. You don't like them now. You know, they're bullshit. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll see you on the other side. Well, thank you for coming on again. Uh, I love having you on, obviously. I think I've had you on the most. Out of any I was gonna say, so It's far. like the third time. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I, uh, I did a rerun uh, of one of our episodes. This will be the fourth time. Right? Oh my
2: god! Yeah, only the fourth time you've been on. Oh my um, god! Thank you so much, and I'm glad to see your face. <laughs> Cause no, because I was so sad I couldn't get to go to the beach with you guys.
1: I think we are going. We might be going again this week, this Saturday or next Saturday. So I'll let you know what's going on. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, and it's been like we've been going to. Uh, Jacob Rees slash like uh, Fort Tilden and mm-hmm. it's really not been that like that many people at all so it's been like you feel like okay if that makes okay, sense. Okay
2: perfect yeah because that's yeah. what I feel like that's what I'm still worried about like uh, I went to a friend's um, he had like a birthday party like n- party I say that loosely <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh a yeah birthday totally. gathering basically and it was in Prospect Park and it was actually it was really nice and it was like well spaced at first but because his, it was on, like, Labor Day weekend, it just got, like, super packed after a while. And, like, I had some stuff to take care of anyway, but I had to, like, leave at 630 where I was, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I can't, like, be around this many people without feeling <laughs> some kind of way about it. So
1: Oh, totally. I still freak out about it. It does seem to be, like, if you are outside and everyone is, like, decently spaced, it's okay. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. Um, which are... Brings me to what we were talking about before, uh, Calvin had texted me an essay by someone that we know who is uh, moving, moving from New York, and it was a, I don't want to say stupid, but it was a goddamn media art- Medium article about, like, why she's moving and, like, why it's hard, and I, everyone, I just need everyone to know that, like, no one fucking cares. And we were so sick of them. <laughs>
2: it's so true like like, do you care i legitimately well i already don't care like uh, like i'm trying to put this in ways to be sensitive so for example like i uh, like i feel like every year there's always an exodus of artists who leave new york city for various reasons and they all feel like they have to write like a weird like three-page breakup letter with New York City about how it's like, listen, it's just not you. It's a, I've outgrown you and now I'm just a different person and I wear makeup now and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, it's out of all those, there are only like two people who I actually did care about who wrote those who moved. And both of them, it was like for like a lot more personal reasons. It also just has to do with like their identity. And I was like, oh, like, that's important. Like, for example, one person was queer and talked about like, leaving New York to, um, all, like mainly because like he was like moving to another queer space and he was like, you know, this is really great. And he's like, you know, I'm not trying to say anything to disparage the time I had here. And it was really awesome and fun, but just for like my, you know, queer identity, like New York was important forming that for me. And now that I have this, I can go somewhere else. And I was like, that's like, to me, I completely understand that reasoning to move like, or I understand if you're like, I came here, insecure and like from a you know background that was discriminatory because he came from a place that obviously he was not okay to be gay and so like to then move with a sense of confidence I think is more powerful and interesting to me whereas a lot of these essays literally just boil down to like I'm rich I don't want to struggle so I need to leave and I don't think that it, first of all, that's not inherently an interesting story. And second of all, you should be grateful that you have the privilege to get to leave and go somewhere better for yourself,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that's like, and that's what we were talking about earlier, too, like this like to not even realize how privileged that is and to not. E- <laughs> I'm just getting mad. I'm just getting mad thinking about it. And now I can't even like think <laughs> what I want to say. But it's just like, cause there's like, I don't want to like, I don't want to out this person. Cause when mm-hmm. I just don't fucking care about them. Uh, but yeah, the idea, like the whole essay was so privileged. Uh, she very, very quote unquote subtly tells you about the Ivy league school that she went to. Cause that's basically the only time she hasn't been in New York. Um, And you're just seeing, you're just seeing her list of just like accolades and just like money of the city, which also reminds me how, did you see fucking Upper West Siders got homeless people kicked out of the hotels that they were staying in?
2: Yes, I did.
1: And and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? But that's the other thing I hate about the Upper West Side is those bitches, because I've nannied for so many of those stay at home moms. (laughs) are like, we're like really good people because like we care, uh, unlike the Upper East Side where they just get their money. And it's like, actually, no, y'all are still pieces of shit too. Because <laughs> uh, mediocre white people with money are the, the devil. Yes, I, I had one mom, I had one fucking mom. Um, the mom didn't say it to me, but I was taking the, the, the girl I was babysitting to and from like her like, w- after school activity to her house. And there was a homeless guy on the sidewalk. And the girl was like, you have to move me to the other side of the street. And I was like, no. And she was like, my mom always says we're not supposed to stay on the same side as the homeless people. And I was like, well, with me, you are. Yeah. And I was like, "Like, truly these people have like no fucking souls, but they're just like, but we're liberal. (laughs) But like, we get it. Like vote Biden, like voting (laughs) changes everything guys. I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this is the shit that their kids are being taught. And this is like, this person went to like, lit, is from New York, like the upper, one of the upper sides. And it's just like, this, this is not okay. Like, you are so fucking privileged. You're so fucking privileged. You don't get ugh, it.
2: That's so aggravating. I can't, ugh. Although really doesn't surprise me. Because again, growing up in New York, I was so used to those people who were like, kind of like lip service liberals, I feel, where they just say they really care, but at the end of the day, they're so about nimbyism, like basically not in my backyard, where they're very like, oh, like I really, really care, but also like I don't want that element near me where you know element is a code language for like, I don't want minorities or poor people Mm there. And it's like, well, you can't care about other people in theory. Like you have to actually do the work. And it's something that so frustrates me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's... And I think when I was growing up, when I had, like, a very different sense of what New York was when I wanted to move here, I didn't understand... I didn't understand it at all, like, these different types of of people that live there. I just kind of was like... Well, my parents basically thought New York City was, like, the 1970s. Uh, (laughs) Like, they they thought I was, like, the Warriors. I think they saw the Warriors once, and they were like, this is it. And I was like, (laughs) no, it's not. It's okay. But, um... I lost my train of thought, but I, I, there's something about New York being your whole identity, uh, that is like the most basic thing in the world that I don't think people that New York is their whole identity understand. Like, that's kind of what it read to me too, of this person, of this particular essay. It was just like, they have nothing else to hold on to. feels like they have no other personality besides the fact that like they went to this high school in New York City or that they came from this uh, neighborhood in New York City. Uh, and look down upon anything else. Because the whole essay, what was weird for me about the essay was that it wasn't about New York at all. It was about all the things that she hated outside of New York. Yeah. And so, it was almost like she was writing to herself to be like, it's fine. It's fine. You're not going to be like these people. You're not going to be like these people. Which is like, mm, those people are fine. Like, of course, we've all made fun of Jersey. Everyone's made the Jersey smells joke, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but... Oh, I keep losing my train of thought. But it's just like, it just shows how much you don't care about anyone else except yourself when you're writing an essay like that to try to make sh- yourself feel better about the choice that you've made. Or I don't even know if it's a choice that she made or it's just like her partner was like, this is what we're doing. Because, like, even in the, as you can't tell how they truly feel about or respect each other's opinions. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. And I'm like now word vomiting uh, about it all because I can't, the anger is like getting in the way.
2: Now, I, I will say I do completely agree with you in that she talked about stuff she hated. Like it was such a like quintessential like hipster essay. Like like mm-hmm. like back in the day when like, you know, hipsters were all about like, they just defined themselves by the things that they hated. And mm-hmm. I completely agree with you in that. Like I feel like this essay, the writer basically made New York City an identity for herself, you know? And it's like, yes, New York has these things, but New York also has, like, so many other things. And the fact that she was going on, like, shitting on, like, pumpkin spice lattes and, like, so in the essay itself she talks about, like, how she's like, I'm not one of those people who likes pumpkin spice lattes and diner pancakes. And I was like, first of all, bitch, like, New York City is, like, all diners. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I
1: know! Like, the New York City diners are, like, some of the best parts of New York.
2: Yeah. Like I dated a guy who was a UN translator from Spain and he would constantly be like, can we go to a diner? And he'd be like, what? Because like he like, apparently I, in Madrid, he's like, it's not a thing like it is here. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to shit on like, there are things you can shit on about New York, but like the diners, like what? What are you talking about? And then talking about how, like, oh, I can't go to the nightclubs or the museums. And it's like, girl, but you have a kid, so you weren't going to go anyway. like Yeah. It's crazy to me that people... Because I feel like she... It was almost like she made New York into this, like, kind of Sex in the City backdrop of, like, these are the things I could potentially do, but you're not... That she's not doing. And she's lamenting it. But at the same time, it's like, but if you're not taking advantage of these things anyway, it doesn't hurt you to move to someplace that is cheaper that also still gives you, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes access to New York City. Like, I don't see where the problem is here. And I think that the whole essay was ridiculous. Like, I just feel like, you know, there are people who are like actually stuck in their homes because they're immune compromised and you're, you have the luxury and, and you're right too. in that, Like, I mean, I'm not sure, again, I don't know how much of it was her husband's decision versus her decision versus like, some sort of, I don't know, equal decision. But at the end of the day, it still sounds like this is a choice that you both jointly made and are okay with. So, I, sorry, I'm trying to like-
1: No, I totally get say it. Say something doing the that's same not thing. just
2: like, shut up. But like-
1: <laughs> No, but
0: like, shut up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, maybe I'm just bitter because like, I also, I'm quarantined single and it's like, please, like- I, like un- I understand, it is very. This is a very difficult time. Like it is hard whether you're single. If you're single, because you're lonely, and it's hard if you are in a relationship because it's hard when you're like, okay, this is someone who I have to see every day. And plus, if you have a child, a small child, that's very difficult because I know that like you're doing a lot of child raising at home, and there's no real like break from that because you're constantly. Family becomes your work 24-7 when you're all in the same place. So on the one hand, like, I hate to shit on that because I get it. But at the same time, so many other people cannot leave. And moreover, so many people are just making it work without writing a whole essay about it. And so I don't understand why you felt the need to take your time writing an essay where you you openly acknowledge it. This is a cliche essay, and I know that I sound annoying. So then you understand, but then you still did it for yeah.
1: what? Yeah, for what? Like the essay should have been like, I know this is cliche, like going to be a cliche essay. And so I'm going to stop right now. And, yeah. like, <laughs> if someone wrote that essay on Medium, I would have been like, that is hilarious. That is amazing. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> it is weird. It's like, why do these certain people get to be the people that decide whether, quote unquote, New York is dead or, quote unquote, Uh, my story is important enough to hear about why I'm leaving or why I decided to leave or, and no one is talking about like who is staying, who has decided to stay, who is forced to stay, who's forced to stay and work through this either remotely or actually have to go out and like service people. Cause basically that's like, who's still around, right? Like, or service people, um, grocery stores and, and like hospitals, like they're all doing a service for us. And so it sounds like Sarah York said it perfectly, was just like in that one, she had that perfect tweet that was like, oh, people think it's dead because uh, their whole personality was based on someone like servicing them. Uh, And now that that can't happen, Hmm. they think it's gone. Like they think New York is dead. She says it much better than that. It was like perfect. Like she ends it with like, enjoy Cape Cod. And it's just like,
2: (laughs) oh, I never
1: thought Cape Cod could be that much of a burn and I love it.
2: (laughs) That is, that's a really, really good point because it is true. A lot of it is about like, being serviced like a lot of people again that's when she talks about like nightclubs and museums and other things it's like yeah no you were used to other people basically waiting on you hand and foot to make sure that you can fulfill your fantasy and now that that fantasy has cracks in it you can't handle that and it's like and again like i think of the people who again are or choosing to stay for whatever reason or most of whom are forced to stay because of economic issues health issues financial hardships maybe personal issues maybe they have a family member who lives here they have to take care of and they don't have the luxury to be like oh even though i have a um a partner and a child like i'm just going to fuck off it's like no like if what if you do have like a sick a sick parent that you're taking care of you can't just leave and you're not going to write an essay about that like i just think it's very both interesting and irritating that it's always people who are usually people of privilege and people who are typically not all but typically people who are white mm-hmm. who basically get to kind of play like poverty dress up when they come here and then realize that they're tired of the charade and then leave like
1: yeah something something aaron taught me uh uh, uh is because like so obviously i'm white Um, and obviously like (laughs) super fucking privileged, right? Like I'm, I'm number two on the totem pole when it comes to privilege and even just being here, just getting to New York city back in 2011 and still being able to be here now. Um, it's, it's a privilege that I'm not, I haven't been forced out just because I can't pay for it. And something that Aaron taught me was that I would say like, Oh God, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor. And I was, he'd always be like, actually, no, you're not, you're broke. They're two very mm-hmm. different things, and like you need to learn that. Not like he never says it like that. I feel like I say yeah. like, talk for
2: Aaron, and he
1: sounds so mean, and he's really like the sweetest person in the world. And he's like, ah, oh, well, actually, I think what you mean is that you're broke, and he's like, because you do have systems that could you know help you, whether it's me or your family or things around you. Like a lot of people don't have those those systems uh, in place uh, because they didn't have the privilege that they weren't born with the privilege that you were born with. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge thing to learn. And I think um, you really hit on it with this whole, like, I get to play poverty, like, dress up Uh, because there is this, like, uh, art in the struggle, right? This beauty of the struggle. But, like, how true are we being in our struggles when, like, if worse comes to worse? Like, one time, my year two of Kablamo, I got an accountant that I thought was way cheaper. And then when I got the bill, I couldn't pay for it. And I was freaked out and my I like ran to my parents and was like, I need help. It's the only time I've asked for help, but they were there when I needed it. Uh, and a lot of people don't have that luxury with uh, someone that can help them with a fucking bill from the IRS. Like, and that is something that needs to be addressed and spoken about loudly. Like a lot of us won't talk about it uh, because there's so much uh, stigma and shame around not being rich, which literally is no one except like a very small percentage of people in the world. or you don't even realize the privilege that you have because it is just so inherent to the life that you've already lived. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I had there for that one. That was a long one.
2: No, that's good because it is true. And I mean, and I, you know, like I definitely, I mean, obviously I'm a minority, but at the same time, I still have my own privileges. I mean, again, I mean, for example, for this whole pandemic, like I was lucky in that right now I'm living in an apartment, but my mom owns the house. So, I was lucky enough to be able to not have to pay my rent when things got really bad and when unemployment was all, you know, who knew and that was all up in the air. Like I was very lucky to have that. Like I know that I'm lucky enough to be able to still own and maintain a car, which makes it safer for me to get around the city. Like I know that I mean I still have internet access and I think people a lot of people forget that that's a privilege in and of itself. Like n- there aren't a lot of people who have easy access to the internet so they can still apply to jobs and things like that. Like I just feel like there's so much that people take for granted. And so, sorry, I'm trying to find the best way to say this. It's like, I just feel like when you read essays like these, it's like they're trying to elicit some level of sympathy. And it's like, but your life just simply isn't that hard. Mm -hmm. You're inconvenienced. You're not suffering.
1: Yeah. And that's a huge fucking difference and fuck you're right and i had something and i lost it and you're just saying so many like smart things and i'm just like yes but i will i will say this later and yeah. then it's gone <laughs> but yeah you're right oh when you're talking about internet access it's everything's so nuanced now especially in new york right like, like all it reminded me of schools in new york because there is such a should they open should they not open what's going to happen who knows how like for those that are listening right now, the plan is a hybrid version that students can opt out of and do only in-home in, um, in home, uh, uh, learning if they want to. Uh, otherwise, they're in school for like two days of the week and out of school, blah, blah, blah. But the September 21st is when kids are supposed to start coming into the classrooms. And a lot of people are against it for obvious reasons. It could spread. Uh, people could die. We've already lost a lot of people in the DOE from de Blasio waiting too long to close back in March. So this is an issue. Um, But then you have the problem with school is, uh, for some people, for some children, two out of their three meals. And it is a safe space if they don't have a safe space to go home to. And about 100,000, I think it's about 100,000 kids in New York City are technically homeless. And so where are they going to get internet access if they can't get it in the shelters? or if the Upper West Siders are fucking pushing people, homeless people out, uh, because they don't want it in their fucking backyard because they're goddamn assholes. And I know this fucking hotel, it used to be right across the street from a family that I used to live on. It was like on 79th Street. And I just know that neighborhood so well, they all fucking suck so much. They're a block away from the Museum of Natural History, a block away from Central Park. It's gorgeous. They're like two avenues away from fucking Riverside Park, just like every fucking amenity and you just, you couldn't let someone have a piece of the pie. Like just, you guys are awful people. But no one ever wants to talk about those parts, like the hard parts of like, of why maybe schools should be open. Uh, because it's inconveniencing them and their children right now, but their children have all of these things. They have all these check marks, like safe space, internet, this, this, this. A lot of kids don't have computers. Like I know a lot of schools were getting free MacBooks to these not MacBooks, um, Chromebooks to these kids because they had no other way to access these online situations. And it's still an issue. Not everyone has has them yet. And it's a slow, a very slow process. And I'm not talking very eloquently about it. And I don't think I'm like the one that should be at the helm of a conversation about NYC schools. But We're like number two, we're neither number one or number two as the largest school district in the nation. It's either us and then L.A. or vice versa. And L.A. immediately was like, we are remote, at least I think the first semester. So it's a huge, like it's a, de Blasio is putting a huge bet on lives um, without really doing any of the work to make sure that people are, Because the problem is the school shouldn't be the, like, the school should not be all of these things. Rather, we should be focusing on these individual issues that no one is talking about uh, because it's inconvenient. But I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure them out. And I'm also not, uh, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah i I hear you like I think it's so hard because I totally agree, and i do I do understand that there are very, very valuable resources that schools provide, and it's i mean it's hard because on the one hand like there's just like it's there's just a no win situation with this mm-hmm. and frankly I still believe that a lot of the problem comes from top down so like from the federal government not enforcing regulations from a president who still won't wear masks in public. Like, it's, it's so hard to even get a handle on, like, what the next steps are when we still haven't really done step one. So mm-hmm, it's... Totally. So it's very frustrating. And I, and I am frustrated with de Blasio and Cuomo as well with their, with their response. Like, I think that there are, cer- there are certainly things that they've done correctly, and there are certain things that they're being very wishy-washy about and I know and I know that part of it is just to not piss off too many people, specifically too many rich people, let's be honest, because they're the ones who are being inconvenienced. But at the same time, it's like, but you just still need to make a plan and move forward with it. Because at the same time, like, I, I mean, you know, you hear about all these, like, super spreader events and, like, how it's still not safe. And, like, this is a little bit of a tangent, but, like, I'm on this, like, random, like, list for, like, sex parties. I still <laughs> never... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, not like to, like, to be... bring it back to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is, I'm not sure if I would be the perfect clientele for that, but if I am, I would like to be put on that listserv.
2: I think that now they do like, um, mixed queer. So at first they were just doing like gay parties and, and they like expanded to like bi and like, I guess, queer identity. So I'll send it to you. Um, but it's, it's it, interesting is like, I, cause I remembered like obviously when COVID first hit, so they used to have parties every like, I want to say Wednesday and Saturday or Wednesday and Friday. Um, but these have these parties. And then obviously when COVID hit, they were like, so we are not going to be one of those girls who were like, yeah, let's just come through. Like, we were like, nope, we're going to shut it all down. And like, it was so funny because like once a month they would send a thing being like, okay, we're going to hope to open again in J- in June. We're going to hope to open again in July. We're gonna-. And like now I, they've, like, I think they like sent a message that was basically like, look, we just can't do this <laughs> because, you know, and as much as I understand that like, you know, people want pleasure and the fun of it all. We just know it's not safe. And the last thing we wanna do is invite like 20 people who are gonna come and you know, who knows like who those people are gonna come in contact with and like we don't we basically don't wanna be a super spreader. And it's like if like a sex party can understand that, I don't understand how like you can't understand that schools, which again are having at, at least 20 students in a class, if not more, because normally it's usually more like 25 to 30 students in the class. I don't understand how as a how schools can, Or rather how the mayor and the governor and the DOE can't be like have a more concrete plan or at least like be in more constant communication about like the realities of the situation.
1: Yeah. And I'm not 100 percent sure, but it also sounds like de Blasio has put a lot of the work on the principles of like figure out a plan for your school. I know we're basically asking kids to behave in a way that historically they have never behaved that way. And like my first, so I immediately started nannying like once I got here back in 2011. And I never really got that sick when I was in Virginia. And my first like year and a half when I was babysitting, I was like sick like every other month because I just wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to how gross kids are. Like they're disgusting. They're disgusting. They will walk with literal shit on their hands and be like, it's chocolate and not care. And you're just like, mm, am I getting E. coli this weekend? Like I don't know. So it is, it's like, It's horrifying! Oh my god. Um, I love I do love the awkward sex and like I this is like I do it. I've made sure everyone knows, but like awkward sex has turned into like let's talk COVID. And honestly, I think like I my numbers have been still pretty good. So like people are like, no, I want to I want to hear I want like because I don't think people understood it. Like I don't think people understood how bad it was in March and April. Like how scary it truly truly was. I talked about this on the last episode. Like in the last episode, uh. I referred to, like, a few of my, like, solo episodes back in April and, like, they're dark. Like, I know they're dark. I know I sound fucking crazy, but I stand by them. Like, that shit, it was so scary. You just didn't know. And then people around you in your neighborhood were getting it. So you're like, it's in the neighborhood. Like, what does this mean? And, like, I don't know about you, but where we are, like, we're not that close to hospital, but the sirens were twenty four seven, and you're just like, oh, my God. Um... I just never wanted anyone to go through like what we went through. And of course, obviously like now places are because we don't have any, basically like my friends in Europe, they got paid to stay home and were able to stay home for like a good week. And then not a good week, like, a good month, month and a half. And it just really seemed to, like, get this shit down.
2: It's just – it's so wild. I just don't know what to do. And it's, like – because I keep hearing stories about, like, colleges that, like, will start opening up. And literally within a week, they're like, yeah, we have to send everyone back home because y'all bitches cannot wear masks. And it's, like – it just makes me so mm-hmm. – it's – It's frustrating and it's angering and it just makes me so upset, specifically when I see other countries and the way that they're handling this. Where it's like, I grant, like you'll still hear about like spikes every once in a while, but like it's just nowhere near as bad as the US. And like I feel like other countries mobilized, they got their shit together, they got like a good response going, and like I feel like how are we still at step one? Specifically when we had since like April really to get it together and we still haven't like
1: yeah
2: i don't know but yeah no, it's so funny because um yeah i felt well with the exception of spain because um i still talked to the, the translator in spain and he was like spain was out of control like spain that was like worse than new york but well worse than the us in general um but like then even spain like managed to at least get its stuff together and then i have another friend who's in belgium who like belgium basically is like fine like he went back he's at work right now like obviously they still take all the precautions but it would be so frustrating because he would like see the news and be like I just can't believe that like you guys are still dealing with this and you're still basically in this basic phase like he's like yeah I traveled I went to Romania I went to, I'm went like <laughs> and I mean he's not saying it's a brag but um, he's you know he legitimately felt bad because he's like I don't understand why it's so hard and I was like It's a stupid American culture. Like people want to go out and then you get like events like that motorcycle rally in Sturgis where like how many hundreds of thousands of people went or like um, I we talked about like that Fire Island thing. I don't know if you saw that story about um, how basically in Fire Island, like they all the gay, not all the gays, um, a bunch of gay men just had basically just a wild party where they're all next to each other. And this one guy put up an Instagram poster. He's like, oh, I can't believe COVID's got me sick, but I'm still going to have to party. And I'm like, why would you A, openly admit that and B, like, you know this is a real disease. People have died. And you were just like, well, but fuck you because I need to go dance shirtless with 35 other gay men. <laughs> like,
1: What was so, we- not not weird, but I guess like, because the pictures were like, they're on a beach and they're like in a crowd together. And I was just like, but you're on a beach. So don't you want to like lie around? Like yeah. <laughs> at least that would have helped a little bit. Like you're not like literally on top of each other. I do remember that. I was furious. This was also like, I think it happened before I started like going out more. <laughs> Cause so now I'm now I'm a fucking hypocrite. Um uh yeah, it's just, or it's like that um the wedding that's what that was in Maine. Oh yeah. And now people have died because they had this wedding. Um that's so crazy as I'm just waiting for the wedding industry complex to complex I think so to implode on itself like it has to there's no way it doesn't
2: oh yeah I mean in general like aren't pretty much all weddings canceled this year like I don't know I can't think of any real other than like obviously those super sparter spreader events but even those like are usually like private weddings because I feel like most wedding planners are like yeah girl like we will give you a partial refund because we still need this money, but like we're not going to do this until next year.
1: I now that I think about it, I do have a friend that has to go to a wedding in Michigan in a couple weeks. Yeah, like some people are just uh, like whatever. I could like I could never do that. And I think you're right. I think it's a a, a huge like American culture thing of like this individualistic uh, idea of like we get to do what we want whenever. And so sometimes yeah. I wondered like is that why New York was like a little bit better? Or, at least we were like, okay, this is like bad, like get inside, you're doing this for like your neighbors. Um, granted, I don't know any of my neighbors, but like if one of them was like, I need something, I'd be like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. And I think New York just has a better sense of community than say like maybe LA or like other like major cities like that. Um, And obviously way more sense of community than fucking like Florida or Texas.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: I um, I think this will be okay to say, but back in like April, maybe April or early May, we did like a full Zoom meeting with, uh with I'm just going to say people. And someone, uh, I think she's an oncologist. I think she's an oncologist, but she's also like Republican. Oh. Uh, and so uh, people were like, how's it going in New York to me and Aaron? We're like, it's rough. Like it's, it's rough. And someone asked her, this person because you know she's obviously still working she's like in hospitals and she's like it's and she's uh she lives in texas and she was like it's fine it's just a flu it's not deadly at all um we're gonna find out that it was something else in new york or there was another reason on top of it that made it so lethal and then covid hit in texas uh and then immediately like someone was talking to this person and they were like yeah it's not the flu it's something way worse and it was just like why won't Why why won't anyone fucking listen to us? Why would everyone? I mean, I think it was like obviously denial because no one wants to go through that. It's so scary. And no one wants to get it. It's so scary because not only are you now sick and you feel so, so sick, there is this like, am I going to die in the back of your head? Yeah. And that's really scary. And I think that's something that still affects me now as like people are going to school and people are going back to jobs and to offices. It's now like, if this gets bad again like there's this always like in the back of your head like am i gonna get it and am i gonna be part of the one percent that dies like and you you just don't know and it's like now they're saying if you're obese uh you have a much likelier chance of like being in the hospital or dying and like i'm obese i am technically obese i think my bmi is like 31 or 32 and once you're over 30, you're obese, which also BMIs are bullshit because they are so fucking racist. It was based off of like a white man's body, but it's still just Ugh. like that is what doctors are going off on. And you're just like, <laughs> you're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in that category. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but I don't know. Oh, oh, this is a huge, huge turn uh, from the conversation, mm-hmm. but it just popped in my head. Whatever yeah. happened to that guy in, in Philadelphia?
2: Oh my goodness! Okay, so uh, we may have to cut around this. Okay, Um,
0: okay, totally cool.
2: But um, the short, well, okay, so we actually did end up meeting up, which was really fun, and we met up a a couple times, um, which was good. And like I, I will say, I mean, that first was the first time was very nice, specifically because it had also been so long (laughs) that like I when we met up, we literally just spent most of the day just in bed because we were just like uh, it was it was wonderful and great. Um, and I just feel – but I feel bad because, like, more recently, like, I just I, – also part of it was just that, like, I went through, like, a very, like, just, like, down and depressive state, like, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. that just lasted for a while. And, like, I just wasn't really talking to too many people. And, like, I was just – it was just, like, basically a lot of COVID depression, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I was just, like – just didn't expect that like this would still be going on, that we would still kind of, I felt like be at square one and like, there's this, the job market is just absolute garbage right now. And um anyway, so, um so like we haven't been talking as much lately, which sucks. And like, I'm going to try to message him and like see if I can talk to him this week. But I don't know. I just feel a little off yeah with him. And I, and I feel like, cause like it's, he's, super sweet and a very lovely and nice guy and everything like i but i think that it just is so hard with covid and with covid and the fact that he's not close Mm -hmm. like distance wise like it's it's kind of just taking a toll on me personally
1: absolutely and like you said you're you're doing this single like you don't have roommates you're not in a relationship you're not living with someone and i think that I think that's probably the hardest. I pe- People say yeah. kids is probably the hardest. I think being alone through this is the hardest because like even, even just like Aaron's been going to work in this past few, like t- these two days where I have all of a sudden all this alone time, it's just like, you kind of start to realize like how quiet everything is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, And then you're like, oh, hmm, I'm not really that interesting. Like, I'm not gonna talk to myself. Like, like what what, yeah. what do I do? Um. Not that you're not interesting. That doesn't make sense. Just like they all no, of a sudden you're just I like, how do it. I occupy myself? And then to do that for we're what we're at, like, six months now? Yeah. Like, that's it's a lot. That's a lot. And then staying indoors is a lot. Like, I I definitely have seen – Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, COVID depression or COVID anxiety. And not necessarily from the disease itself or from the virus itself, but from these new – these new – parameters we find ourselves in yeah um it's a lot it's very daunting and of course that's gonna mess up like even wanting to talk or or date anyone and then let alone try to date someone that's like not in even the same state like that's that's a lot
2: exactly it it really is it's just hard and it's like and I feel the same way because I just part of what made me depressed was that it was just like I felt like I was applying to things and then not getting them and then because I've so much free time you just have so much time to think about not getting hired for things mm-hmm. and then like uh there was like a spate of like just like writing packets and stuff that like I just flat out didn't do and then I felt it was like it was like spirals where you're just kind of like I'm not working so I don't feel motivated but because I don't feel motivated I don't feel creative to work and it just kind of like was going down and down and down to so, where like I I mean I swear I must have binged watched like three series in a row like literally like would not sleep until like I passed out like watching shows because I was just like it doesn't matter and like I guess this is just retirement so like I just finished Chuck which I'd never seen before I'm watching Alias again which I'd like already seen I literally own I owned Alias DVDs and somehow I ended up watching it because like there's just nothing to do. And you're just kind of like, I don't know how to schedule time anymore. So Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, at least you are like doing this podcast, you have this, but like, I just felt like, I just literally just don't know how to manage my time. So even the times where like I'll have deadlines and I'll just blow past them because I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Does it matter? It's, it's such a surreal state to be in.
1: Well, it's really, I mean, you're right. Like, none of it matters, right? Like, we've been conditioned by capitalism to think that, like, if we're resting, we're, like, failing. And so I would say, like, March, when I left, when I took my leave of absence from Trader Joe's, so, like, mid-March to maybe until June, there was a lot of, like, uh, like, self-hating dialogue in my head of just, like, you have all this free time now and you're not writing the book that you wanted to write and you're not doing this. So you obviously don't have the talent to do it or the discipline to do it. And then I finally, I don't know like what got me to stop talking like that to myself, but it was just kind of like, you have all this time. So why don't you rest? Because you've been going nonstop and have been exhausted for the past year. And so I just started like, like watching a lot more TV. I mean, me and Aaron already watch a shit ton of TV. I was like watching things that like I really love that kind of like reminded me of like liking who I was like as a child and like reading mm-hmm. a lot more. And somehow that like pulled me out of it of just like, oh, here's all these things that you love to do that aren't productive and make you feel great and show you that like you don't have to be like a productive part of society. Like especially right now to be like a human or to be considered whole. And so mm-hmm. that helped a lot. And also I had like, aaron to like complain about all of this stuff too as well and um because that was also like kind of hard it was like he would be working in the living room and i'd be like in the bedroom for like hours because like our internet doesn't work well and he had to have the internet um and where the router is in the living room and so i just kind of like be in this bedroom being like hmm like what do i <laughs> which is like is totally fine like i obviously like i'm okay but it was just like this weird like all of a sudden like all your creature comforts are, like, taken away from you of, like, performing and, like, producing and, like, all these things that you're, like, well, this is what makes me an adult all taken away from you. Um, So Too Long didn't read. Yes. I definitely felt like that for, like, until June. And then I just kind of was, like, fuck it. Like, let's take this time and just kind of, like, re reinvest in like your literal like mental health and like your body again and that, and just like your mind and that helped a lot of just being like, I don't fucking care. I'm not working right now. But yeah. also to your point, the podcast it helped too. The fact that there was like something I was doing once a week that was like, this is still creative. And it literally, like the solo episodes are literally just like a, like a talking journal of just like what I was thinking of at that time. And so it literally was like another form of therapy too. And yeah. so that totally helped as well. Or like, sorry, I'm talking so much. No, the because we we both are on unemployment, and I've brass taxes helped me. I was like, please help me. I don't understand if I need to like reapply, uh, to get an extension. And they're like, okay, here's what we found. And if I read it correctly, we're supposed to let our unemployment go to zero days of like we have no more, mm-hmm. and then to claim benefits again the next week. And it should reset, but you oh, don't okay. know until it goes to zero. Oh,
2: okay. Damn, that's what sucks. See, that's uh, that's annoying because that's honestly like that's kind of what was part of the depression too. Is that because I had the same thing? because like my I think I'm down to like twelve days left,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is Me too. like, and that's when I really started panicking and being like, oh my god, like I really need to like get some shit together. Mm-hmm. And like, because I because I, I knew that there was an extension, but even the extension, I don't even know. I mean. I know it's supposed to at least go through the end of the year is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually very helpful to know. So thank you for that. Because I was like, I don't know like what I'm gonna do, or, like how to reapply. Do I have to like show work journals? Like I know, I don't have a work journal. I like totally forgot that was part of it because there were no
1: jobs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I
1: was like, I guess everyone's like on board of like, we're not doing
2: a work journal um yeah because yeah it was crazy I have no idea because like even when I went to the unemployment website like for at least the first like uh, like because I got on it in like April and like the first like because I was trying to go on the job because there's like supposed to like a job career resource center basically and that website crashed like it did not work and then they put up like a notification saying like yeah there's this won't be functional for a while because there are no jobs (laughs) and like And a lot of those things like sometimes involve like in-person counseling, which obviously they can't do right now. Mm -hmm. So I was very like, I don't really know what kind of what's happening. Like it just, felt it feels so chaotic, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it feels like the system is created to discourage you from staying on unemployment, which is one bullshit in and of itself, like in a normal economy without a pandemic, just to make people struggle as they try to find something new. Like why punish people? But even to now have to deal with it, this weird system within a pandemic, uh, and we're already stressed about so many other things. It's like, you could, why, why can't you just make this easy? Why can't you make it easy? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember, rate, like, review, subscribe. Uh, feel free to email me at city at gmail.com. Even if you just like want to vent, because obviously like we're in this for uh, a very long time. I think much longer than we thought it was going to be. So yeah, if you want to vent, shoot this shit. Send me send me something. To eat at uh, awkwardsexinthecity at gmail dot and I will see you guys next week. Wash your hands. Uh, wear your masks. Wipe your butt. If you weren't wiping your butt more. that's really weird. I don't think you were not. Unless you have a bidet. Get up a day. I think I'm getting one. Okay, I'm going to go now. Okay. Bye.